Welcome in Braves Today podcast. I'm Ben Taylor. That's Lindsey Crosby. You can find us bravestoday.com. And of course, you can find us on the Twitter at Braves underscore today. Lindsey, before we get to everything else right now, the hot topic is pitching. And honestly, it's not for a good reason. It is because of lack thereof. And it's not due to poor performance unless we're talking about mentor. It's due to hurt arms. And one of which, a little surprising, freed. Seems like he's a little more banged up than what we initially expected. Yeah, so Max Freed has a forearm strain. He's going to be on the IL. It's going to be multiple months. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the thought process is they're hoping to get him back sometime in July. Uh, so it's something where they haven't put him on the 60-day IL yet. So he could come back sooner, but the thought process is July for him. And then uh, later than that, probably August, for Kyle Wright. And with both of these guys, Kyle Wright's shoulder, Freed's forearm, in essence, they are shutting them down from throwing until all of that lingering soreness and stuff goes away. And once they are clean and cleared to pick a baseball back up, they, in essence, have to go through a spring training again. They have to build back up, get their stamina back, get their their form back. And so it's going to be a couple months without either one of these guys. So Mm. not a great place to be, but at least you've built up a lead in the East versus a a scenario like last year where you had to chase the Mets down. At least you're doing this from ahead. I think Freed's was a little unexpected. I mean, we know about the Tommy John that he had a little bit earlier in his career. Uh, We, he didn't seem to be too uncomfortable as far as spring training was concerned. Uh, However, with the whole right situation, this goes back to what I told you a few weeks ago. I don't like bringing guys back early. That's what I said. You know, one of the big big things is everybody's like, okay, Soroka's got his chance now to come up from the minors. And I'm I'm sitting there going, you you've got living proof. We got two pitchers right now that maybe maybe in the lineup too early, and now they're on you know injured on the injured list. And so, uh, do you bring Soroka up? And he seems to be okay. He's throwing a lot of the minors. However, he's his velocity is probably not where it needs to be yet. Uh, now that could just be because he was out of baseball for a year. Um, but it, I I don't know. Do you trade? Do you go get somebody? The tough part is you and I talking before this, nobody wants to give up their pitching this early because there's a lot more to go. And Braves are living proof that June and July could roll around and you can get on a hot streak and go from worst to first. Yeah, I mean, 2021, the Braves were a couple Jock Peterson home runs away from selling at the deadline. And yeah. instead, they bring him in. He gives the team a lift. They win a couple games. They say, hey, we think we can do this. They go all in, get three more outfielders, win the World Series. Uh, yeah, it's it's very hard to get somebody to commit to give you an actual asset this early in the year. Usually the trades you see right now are either a team getting rid of a veteran in lieu of just cutting them outright, or uh, it's something where it's like a minor league guy for a minor league guy that are completely inconsequential. They're finishing up a trade from last fall, something like that. Uh, It's going to be internal. I wrote about this on Thursday for Braves today. Uh, It's going to be, it's going to come down to Dylan Dodd, Jared Schuster, and eventually Michael Soroka. I do kind of want to pump brakes on a lot of people who Mm -hmm. are ready for Soroka to come back up. He started five games in the minors. I'm impressed with his velocity. His velocity does look good, but uh, in those five outings, only once has he broken 70 pitches. He threw 91 against Omaha because he had a, a shutout going into the sixth. But outside of that, uh, he's he 
ERA is 5-2-3. He had one bad outing. Uh, but opponents are batting 326 against Michael Soroka right now. It's mostly singles. Not it's only, He's only given up one home run this year. Uh, but he's just he's not quite there from a pitch count perspective. He's not mm-hmm. quite there from his stuff. And he's not quite there from rest. He's starting on Thursday night. That is the first time he started on regular rest all season. They've been giving him extra days just about every single time. So a lot of his starts, he's on six days rest or seven days rest. This is a normal start on a normal time frame. So they're working him towards being back. But right now, let's look more at a, at a Dylan Dodd and a, uh, a Jared Schuster before we look at a Michael Soroka. And Schuster's had some uh, moments of of good and moments of not good. So mm-hmm. uh, it kind of depends on who we get. Hey, look, you mentioned Soroka. I mean, that's another thing that people don't understand is, yes, he did have that good outing where he had six scoreless innings. He's also not pitching against major league ball players right now. Uh, yeah. And I, I, people don't get what a difference it is. Yes, you have those outliers like the Grissoms that can go back and forth and do well in both leagues. You've got you know, the Austin Riley's when he first came up that was just raking in AAA, and then whenever he came up to the majors, just kind of continued to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, though That's one player out of nine that you probably see per AAA team that can do that and go back and forth and get used in platoon. So uh, I'm, I'm with you. Pump the brakes on Soroka right now. I do want to see him before the year's over. I think he's going to yeah. be an asset after the All-Star break. Uh, I think after the all-star break, you know, you get start getting freed back, you get right back, you get Soroka back. It, I mean, it's, it's all shaping up. And I think that's why they're sitting right and um, freed because they know this is definitely a marathon, not a sprint. They, they can't win the world series in the month of May or in the month of June, you can lose it in the month of May or month of June uh, mm-hmm. because you could, throw your guys just right out of competition. So uh, that is something that, you know, we'll keep an eye on and see who they bring up. I'm I'm with you. I don't see any trade scenarios taking place because even if you get somebody, it's going to be somebody that the other team didn't want anyway. Otherwise, you're going to have to give away Grissom. You're going to have to give away guy Shoemake. You're going to have to give those guys away. And everybody goes, well, I mean, can we do that? That's not something you want to do in May. Uh, yeah. It just, you know, if – End of the year rolls around and you need to make some moves and that's their bargaining chips. That's one thing. But uh, doing it right now, I think is just a bad call. Speaking of pitching, uh, teased it a little bit when we first came on. Uh, Mentor, AJ Mentor, he continues to stub his toe, man. I mean, it's just even though it was a short outing, he didn't spend a lot of time out there. That was his run. That was the go ahead run that ended up putting them up and uh, the Braves not able to bounce back. And as I told you, it's. It's not that we picked us or I picked a split. I thought we would split. I don't like splitting when we blow one of the games. Yeah. And that's what happened. Yeah. You had the lead going into that inning. Uh, so he comes in the seventh, a third of an inning. He gives up, uh, he walks two guys. Uh, so a run scores, doesn't give up a hit, but he's walking it. He's walking multiple people. Just not, not a great look. He takes the loss in the outing. He's two and four on the year now. Then the ERA is 7.5. And it's you. The frustrating thing is, you know, he's better than this. Mm-hmm. You've seen him play very, very well in multiple outings. I mean, he's already pitched 19 times, and we're, you know, uh, a fifth of the way through the season. And it's like, okay, maybe, you know, maybe we need to find a way to build him in a break. You made the joke last time, like, don't take him to my, like, to, to New York. Yeah. Maybe you don't take him to Toronto. <laughs> maybe you give him a couple of days off, which obviously you can't do because you're, already short in the rotation yeah, you're already but short 
Yeah, but uh, they've got to work something out. Rizal Iglesias being back is nice. Uh, he did give up his first home run since 2022, mm. which was wild. Uh, but Iglesias being back is nice. And so hopefully they can find ways to use some other guys in lieu of A.J. Minter uh, as the first call every single time. The, the issue I have is what you said to start with, where you said he's two and four on the year. That's four losses out of your quote-unquote closer. Because he, he essentially is... Iglesias hasn't been back long enough to be labeled the closer yet. Uh, I know that's what they're using him in is that role, but still uh, I think AJ Minter is still kind of harnessing that. And maybe that's, maybe it's just a bad night. Maybe he's going to now Iglesias is back. Maybe Minter is going to settle in that role of being the guy that's in the sixth, seventh or eighth inning and the setup guy for Iglesias. Maybe that will change once they hit the road, but uh, that just that I told you before we came on, it's frustrating because after he got a run on, gave up a hit. Yes, he did get a strikeout, but I started pacing around the room because I said, here we go again. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Uh, to, to kind of further emphasize that point, he's been in 19 games. Our record in those 19 games is 14 and five. Mm. And of those five losses, four of them are directly traced back to AJ Minter, whether it's his, well, obviously the four losses that he took. So of the five games we've lost, that he pitched in four of them are his fault. So that's one of those, when you are thinking about we're, we're missing on a rotation depth and we are glad we built a lead because we're going to have to be playing, you know, uh, matchups and stuff like that all summer while we wait for our pitchers to come back. You may end up needing those four games later in the year, especially Mm -hmm. if the Mets get hot or the Marlins get hot or the Phillies start hitting the ball again. So that's tough. That makes it tough. One bright spot, our Darno came back this weekend, and uh, don't run on Darno. Don't run on Murphy. Don't run on Darno. Is uh, uh, good to see that. Good to see that he. You know, that's that's the whole reason they ran. They ran to test him. They wanted mm-hmm. to see if he if he had bounced back or not, and uh, and he did. And I, I was glad to see that. Yeah, it's having good catching depth is something a lot of fans don't always think about. Because obviously you see the offensive statistics and you think about, well, he looks like he's fine back there. But a lot of that extra stuff, the framing, the blocking, the game calling, having Sean Murphy and Travis Darno, who could both play in essence as full-time catchers if you needed them to, and Chadwick Tromp and AAA, who's a pretty yep. good option for a third catcher. Yes. The Braves are very, very lucky because there are teams out there who are lucky if they have one decent catcher. The Braves have three. Uh, you feel good about the fact that Darno is able to get back there, play an entire game. You have a foul tip. You have all this stuff, and he's fine. That yep. makes you feel good, too, about his health. Uh, everything's okay with him, and that he is no restrictions going forward. He can catch as much as we need him to. But Sean Murphy hits so much better when he's the catcher versus the yep. DH. So I still feel like it's going to be Murphy probably four or five days a week. Darno is going to catch one to two. And, and I'm fine with that because I think if you if Darno gets his back going too, I think he makes a great DH. And then you wonder about Ozuna from there, from from what takes place uh, with Marcelo Ozuna. And uh, listen, every article that's come out in this last week, he's one of the lead names for getting rid of. Uh, it's either that or it's a DUI case. It's one of the two. So uh, it's he's got his name in the paper for the wrong reason, and uh, or for the wrong reasons, excuse me. And so uh, who who knows where we go from there? Uh, now it's on to O Canada. As uh, the Toronto Blue Jays, which they're not having the greatest of seasons, but they're also one of those teams that 
can sneak up and go on a run here before it's all said and done with because it's always tough to play in Toronto. I know people don't believe that. I've been in that stadium. That's one of the ones I've been lucky enough to visit. The fans are right on top of the stadium. Uh, the seats are way too close together. I guess they expect nothing but skinny people to go to games in Toronto because the seats are smaller than most major league ballparks and they're just stacked on top of one another. So yeah, uh, it is it is. It's a great place to go and visit, but uh, it is not a great place to visit if you're an opposing team. Yeah, and something real quick about the Blue Jays is a lot of people are looking at the standings and like, oh man, they're seven and a half games back. Yeah. They're 21 and 16. The thing about the AL East with this balanced schedule, ev- like the last place team is the Yankees at 21 and 17. They have, <laughs> a be- they have a better record than everybody in the National League Central and everybody in the American League Central, except for the team that is leading either one of those divisions. Like, mm-hmm. the, the AL East is very good this year. So the Blue Jays, 21-16, and 16, they do have a winning record. They are 9-3 and three at home. There's something about having to cross the border and eat the poutine and all of that and drink the Tim Hortons that is messing with opposing teams. So this is definitely going to be a challenge for Atlanta, especially when you compound that with the fact that you still don't know who your Game 3 starter is going to be. It's officially a TBD. Uh, good Tim Hortons reference too. A lot of people don't know about that place. That place is absolutely phenomenal, by the yep. way. Uh, if you've if you've ever been, Tim Hortons is the place to go. So uh, the the Braves. The good news is they get things started out with Strider, and uh, I, I love that. I love that matchup. I love being able to start a series with him because if he sets the tone and he has a good night, he had a good night last time and still ended up getting the no decision, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, and it was only because I mean he still had ten. He still had double digit strikeouts and uh, and. Uh, I think he got the the indie. I'm not I'm not sure um, as I recall, but he he will be able to set the pace against the Blue Jays and then Elder and then we don't know who we're going to see on Sunday. Yeah, exactly. So it's it'll be uh, Strider versus Chris Bassett, the righty, four and two, four two eight ERA. That's Friday night, seven oh seven Eastern. Uh, Saturday, Bryce Elder versus Jose Barrios. Uh, very stylistically, very similar pitchers. Those two guys, mm-hmm. uh, disparate. You know, different records this year. Elder's 3-0, 1-7-4 ERA. Berrios is 3-3 three and three with an ERA just under five. But And then Sunday, it feels like, given the matchup, it might be a gettable one, depending on who's the starter for Atlanta. It's UC Kikuchi, the lefty. He has struggled this year. He's mm-hmm. 4-0 because this team ha- can give him run support. ERA's up over four as well. He's looked a little iffy on some of his outings. So depending on who that TBD is, if it's a Dodd, if it's a Schuster coming up to make that, that start, uh, you feel like you could potentially take all three. I'm going to say two and one. Uh, again, simply because I don't know who that third starter is. And like we said, nine and three in Toronto. It is hard to beat this team in their own ballpark. So I'll say two and one. I say one and two. I think morale's down a little bit just because of who they've lost and not knowing what they're doing. However, out of that one and two, uh, I am predicting just because it is a short porch, it is a small field, the ball flies really well, especially if they keep the roof closed while they're up there. Ronald Acuna has an absolute monster series, and they are going to love to see him get back out of Canada and not have any more Tim Hortons before it's all said and done with. So I'll go one and two with Ronnie having probably one of the best series of the year thus far. They will ban him from the country, is what you're saying. <laughs> There's no doubt. <laughs> I do. I see that happening. It just he that that crowd gets rowdy. He loves playing in places like that. Mm-hmm. They're gonna boo him out there in right field. They're gonna probably throw stuff. Back in the day, they used to throw the O Henry bars when Henry Rodriguez played with him, and so they're gonna th- they're gonna do stuff like that. And 
And he loves that stuff. He relishes in it. And I think he turns into bad guy and ruins a lot of betting odds for the, for the, cause it is legal there. So <laughs> I think he ruins that for them uh, out of those three days, even though they may end up winning the series. All right. I'm down with that. I could deal with Ronald Acuna Jr. Being a bad man for a weekend. <laughs> Absolutely love it. Especially if we go one and two, I want there to be some sort of bright spot for us to talk about next time we visit. So he's Lindsey Crosby. I'm Ben Taylor. Braves today, bravestoday.com, braves underscore today. Lindsey, as always, I appreciate it, bud. Thanks for having me. Chop on.